The following message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. This message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning worship service. Today we are blessed to have with us one of our missionaries from Chosen People Ministries, Olivier Melnick. He'll be sharing with us how to pray and why to pray for Israel. Let's join Olivier now in his message. Good morning. Shalom. Am I on? Yes. Yes. Good. Well, it's good to be back. I think last time we came, uh, we did a Passover, remember? And you, you remember that? Yes. You still have the taste of that uh, horseradish in your mouth, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's really good to be here. And we have one more week before we actually move. So this is my last speaking in California for a while. And it will be at this church here. So uh, uh, it's, it's wonderful. And uh, uh, just a couple of announcements before I get started. Uh, some of you don't know who we are. My name is Olivia Melnick. This is my wife, Ellen. Raise your hand, Ellen. And uh, we've been with Chosen People Ministries for uh, about 15 years and um, serving in California after we uh, went to uh, Chicago to get a, a degree at uh, Moody Bible Institute, then came to serve in California, and then recently promoted to the Northwest Regional Region. So uh, we'll go from San Francisco all the way to the Canadian border even including the 6,000 Jews of Alaska. Yes, there are Jews in Alaska. So, you know, when God, you know, put us in a diaspora, He put us everywhere. So, even in Alaska. And uh, so we'll be working in the, the whole region, and I'm, I'm excited about this new chapter in our, in our ministry and in our life, uh, as we actually, uh, next week, we're going to be departing uh, without the kids and without the dog and so it's going to be really uh, just Ellen and I it's a new chapter so we're 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 excited we're nervous we we we're ready for the new adventure and we are really grateful that your church uh, is supporting us uh, there was a, it it came the news came to us a few months ago and uh, and it's it's been going on now for a few months and we're delighted to have your church support us and uh I see it as a as a, a, a Genesis 12:3 in action you know well bless those who bless you will curse him who curses you as your church supports the Jewish mission and Jewish missionaries I have no doubt that you will be blessed for doing that so I'm looking forward to great uh uh, great uh, blessings and great stories from both sides. We'll continue, of course, sending you our letters and sharing with you. Uh, on the uh, uh, outside the doors, as you exit on the left, there is a table with a prints. Uh, as you, some of you might remember, those are prints of uh, originals that I've painted over the last ten years. And this is our tent making, as we sell those little prints for people to remember to pray for us to pray for Israel, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, to pray for our ministry. And it's on the left, and we have special that we're running with, if you buy a couple, you get two small ones for free. Uh, and uh, just go visit the table between services and after service today and uh, buy some and help us go so far. We have enough money to go to Klamath Falls. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. The Lord has provided for us, but if you want to help us a little further, uh, go look at the prints and help us uh, with that. That would be great. Also, um, I uh, brought this little brochure. You should have one. At the end of my uh, message this morning, I will uh, share a little bit about this brochure and how you can stay connected with us um, in the future. Now, um, I mentioned to you about the, um, about, uh, you know, praying for our ministry and, uh, praying for, uh, for, for our family. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about prayer. And, um, 
What's interesting is that, uh, let me tell you how it got, this message got started. About um, three years ago, a uh, pastor friend of ours who uh, pastors a church in uh, Long Beach calls me and he says, I'm going to be out of town and uh, could you cover the pulpit for me? Could you preach for me? I said, oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. So we got together for lunch and so he asked me, he says, what are you going to be uh, uh, preaching on? What's the title of your message? And I said, well, I think I'm going to do this message called Why and How Should We Pray for Israel? And he looks at me and he goes, wow. And they're supporting us, they're supporting Jewish missions. And he's looking at me and he's going, oh, this is not going to go well. What? Because this is not going to go well with the church. Are you sure? He goes, oh, yeah, you know, you got to change that. Why would you say such a thing? And I'm looking at him and I says, well, but, I don't understand. I mean, this is, you know me, you know my heart. This is perfect message. He goes, oh, no, no, no. You're going to have people come to you after service and, and they're going to complain about, about that, that, that message. And especially the title. What? For 15 minutes, we talked back and forth. And finally, he showed me the notes he wrote on a piece of paper of the title of the message. And he wrote, why in hell should we pray for Israel? And we had a good laugh. And, and this is why from this point on, I, you get the, 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 the old title on your, on your bulletin, but I usually, now I call it the power of prayer for us and for Israel. It's safer that way because I have a little bit of an accent and you know, sometimes it, it, it caused trouble and that was the case. For 15 minutes, you know, of course you could have told me, why would you use that word? No, it was, it was, it was crazy. So, so this is not the title of today's message. Um, but I do want to talk about prayer, and the way I'm going to, the way I want to do it is I want to divide it into two parts. So There's going to be general, uh, general ideas, big points about prayer from the Word. I'm going to let the Word speak to us this morning about prayer in general for us, how we can use prayer, what, what we're supposed to do with prayer, how we're supposed to pray, and then... Based on that foundation, I want to look at how we can apply that to how we can better pray for Israel and the Jewish people. Because once we leave today, I want you to continue praying for our people, praying for Israel, praying for the salvation of the Jewish people. So, uh, basically, uh, just a few points about, about prayer for us. Prayer is part of the believer's life. That's the, the, the foundation there. It should be part of our life. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, we're told to pray without ceasing. Okay? It's, uh, it's, prayer should be a, a, an integral part of our life. It needs to be constant, always, day in, day out. That doesn't mean that every step of your day, every step you make, you have to pray. You know, you don't have to pray for, you know, when you put the key in the door that the key is going to work. I'm not talking about this, but I'm talking about having an attitude where you go through your day and you always remember that, you know, you can talk to God at any time. And prayer is, it, it's, you know, anything is just a prayer away. Always going through your day knowing that you can always stop for a minute, for a second and pray. And there's no special place that you need to be to pray. So it should be, uh, 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 you, you can even pray in your car, just don't close your eyes, um, uh, unless you're parked. Uh, but uh, it, it, anywhere, anytime, it should be a part of our life. In Colossians 4.2, it tells us, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Prayer requires an attitude of thanksgiving. 
You know, we are very grateful. We should be. We're very fortunate. We should be very grateful that we can stop in the middle of the day at work, at home, uh, at school, anywhere. Stop and talk to the creator of the universe. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through a rabbi. We don't have to go through anything. We just stop and we connect and we talk and, and he hears. And he listens. We have this connection with the God of the universe. Nobody else does. We need to take advantage of that. And we need to have a, an attitude of, of gratitude when it comes to that. Luke 18.1 Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Prayer proves obedience. God wants us to pray. This is our way to talk to him. This is our way to talk to him. He talks to us through the word. We read the word every day. We get what you want. You know, every day you read, you do your devotion, you, you read the word, you study. This is God's way of telling us, this is what I have for you today. And how do we talk? How do we, how do we connect? Communication goes both ways. You know, if you're married, you know that really it's hard, but it really goes both ways. You talk to your wife or your husband and you listen, you know, and it's, it's a two-way street. It's the same with God. He talks to us with his word. We talk to him through prayer. And prayer shows obedience. God already knows what's going to happen. You pray, you ask, you thank, you're grateful, you plead with God, but God already knows what's going to happen. He wants to see that you really rely on Him and it shows obedience. Now, I'll tell you what prayer is not. Prayer is not an option <clears throat> or a quick fix uh, or the Christian no. And I'll, I'll explain to you in a minute. Uh, I like what it says in 1 Samuel 12, 23, Moreover, as for me... Far be it from it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, but I will instruct you in the good and right way. It is a sin not to pray. A lot of people don't realize that. It is a sin not to pray. Prayer is part of who we are. When we tell people, you know, you know, I, uh, uh, how often do you tell people, uh, you know, like, let, let me give you an example. Somebody comes to you, even today it could happen, it probably will. Somebody comes to you and they go, uh, I'm going to my doctor on Tuesday, you know, for those tests I talked to you about. Uh, would you pray for me? Uh, because, I, you know, I'm a little nervous, I don't know what they're going to say, or I have an exam next Wednesday. And you say, oh, absolutely, absolutely, I'll pray for you. And then you go home, you get on with your thing, and the next Wednesday, you see the person who took the exam and, say, and they come to you and they go, guess what? Thank you for your prayers, I passed. And then you think, oh, well, it was not because of my prayers, because I forgot. You don't tell them that. But how many times do we say, I'll pray, and then we move on, and we're so busy, we have to check our iPhone, our emails, or, you know, update our Facebook, or whatever, and we forget. There's a simple answer, a simple way of fixing that. When somebody tells you, next Wednesday I got a test, I'm gonna, I, could you pray for me? You look him in the eyes and say, how about right now? And you just, it doesn't have to be a half an hour. Lord, be with my friend, help him with his test, and uh, give him a clear mind, and make it an easy test, and thank you in advance for what you're going to do in his life, in her life. We're done. If you're on the phone, pray on the phone. A text. I just texted my pastor uh, during worship. I'm sorry. I just take, because I just remembered, I, I told him, I said, I'm preaching four times today because I have 
something tonight too in Temecula. I'm preaching four times today. Please keep me in prayer. And you will. A text. You'll do it when he gets the text. Right away. It's simple. Don't tell somebody, I'll pray for you, because you'll forget. We're busy. Okay? And prayer, and not praying, is a sin. Just keep that in mind. Another thing that prayer is not, it's not the Christian no. Let's stop using prayer as a Christian no. And you go like, what is he talking about? Well, a friend of yours comes to you and says, hey, um, Olivier, uh, next week uh, I have to move uh, my house. Uh, can, can, I help? Can, can you help me? And can you... Uh, it's familiar to us right now because we're moving. But can you help me? And uh, can I use you and your truck? I said, uh, and I said, well, you know, I, I don't think there should be a problem. He said, well, good, because I, it's next Wednesday, but, you know, really the grand piano on the fifth floor without an elevator is going to be a hard job. So uh, can, you, can you help me? And then all of a sudden you go like, uh, I'll pray about it. That's the Christian way to say no, by the way. When you tell somebody, I'll pray about it, you know, very often you go like, there's no way I'm doing this. But it sounds so spiritual, I'll pray about it. And then you go like, it didn't work out, you know. The Lord showed me in the dream last night that I'm not moving a piano. <laughs> Don't use prayer as the Christian no. If you say you'll pray about it, really pray about it, be honest about it. And I'm not saying you're doing that. I've done it, but you know. So, pray on the spot and don't use prayer as the Christian no. Prayer brings God's gifts and blessings to us. That's, that's what we need to remember. Uh, prayer is a medium through which God bestows His gifts and blessings. Don't be shy about it. Matthew 21, 22, And all things you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Oh, wow. Maybe I should pray for a, my favorite car. An an uh, uh, old 1970s XKE Jaguar. Uh, the long ones with a you know, beautiful dark green. Uh, maybe I should pray for that. Maybe I'll be in the, in the driveway when I leave church today. Because in all things, you know, I pray everything. It's not what it says. You've got to be in God's will. And you, if you're in God's will, you're going to pray for what God wants for you because you're going to be in His will. You're going to pray for what you need, not what you want. Okay? It doesn't mean that God, God is not going to give you what you want. He will probably because if what you want is what He wills, then it's all going to work together. But don't pray. Don't just say, oh, I'll pray for anything that's going to happen. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. We have to be in God's will. James 1, 5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Pray for wisdom. My wife tells me all the time I should pray for wisdom more often. She doesn't. But she should. <laughs> so, pray for wisdom. Um, God brings gifts and blessing to us through prayer. Prayer is also essential to victory. This great passage, and I want to read this to you. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful passage in Ephesians 6, uh, verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith which with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, 
I'll stop right here. This uh, uh, Many years ago, I heard Chuck Swindle talk about this passage. And he said, you know, we're told to put the armor of God every morning when we wake up. And my question is, why do we take it off at night? You know, keep it on all the time. Keep it on all the time. Prayer is also the example of the Messiah. In uh, Mark chapter 1, if you read all of chapter 1 of Mark, you see that uh, Yeshua, Jesus, uh, goes on through a day when he's healing uh, sick people, casting off demons and working really hard and uh, a bunch of people are coming to him asking for all kinds of things. And it's a very busy day. And at the very end, as he's our, he should be our model, at the very end in Mark 1.35, we read this. And in the early morning, while well, it was still dark, he slept in. No, 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 that's not what it says. In the early morning, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. Even Yeshua, our Lord, God in the flesh. At, very, at the beginning of the day, at dark 30, as they say, after a long, long day of ministry, first thing he did was to get up and pray. That's our model right there. So, you know, all those things are... Uh, are, are important to remember as we, um, as we, uh, as we look at, you know, pointers on, on how to pray, how to pray and what prayer is. And, but as we come to realize that prayer is the key to our Christian walk and the key to our growth, uh, how do we then apply it to pray better for the Jewish people? Because there, uh, there are several things we can, <clears throat> we can do when it comes to prayer for the Jewish people. Uh, a lot of people, when I talk to people a lot, they say, like, uh, they say, well, um, you know, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Well, that's good. That's, that's one of them. But there's more. There's more. Um, <clears throat> number one, several under, uh, how we should pray for Israel and the Jewish people. Number one, it's based on Psalm 83, uh, petition for the safety of Israel and the destruction or repentance of her enemies. Now, wait, it doesn't sound very positive. Pray for the destruction of the enemies of Israel. Let me read Psalm 83 or parts of it. O God, do not remain quiet, do not be silent, and O God, do not be still. For behold, thine enemies make an uproar, and those who hate thee have exalted themselves. They make shrewd plans against your people and conspire together against your treasured ones. They have said, Come, let us wipe them out as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. For they have conspired together with one mind against you. They make a covenant. Then That's the first five verses. And then it talks about... Uh, uh, the, all the different people groups that are going to go um, against Israel, which is not, it has not happened yet, by the way. It's, I, I believe it's something coming in the future. But then at the end it says this, talking about the people group that are uh, forming a, 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 you know, a confederation or covenant against Israel. It says, Pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your storm. Fill their faces with dishonor that they may seek the, 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 your name, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and dismayed forever. Let them be humiliated and perish, that they, will may, that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the Most High over all the earth. So there is, what's interesting here is there's several things in that psalm that we, we look at. First of all, uh, it's a good reminder that no one calling themselves a Christian should hate the Jews or hate Israel. If you do, then you need to do some heart searching and soul searching because you are not reading your Bible properly or maybe you're not reading your Bible at all. 
in, uh, in Psalm 83.5, they have conspired together with one mind against you, the Mecca Covenant. Those who want to, as it says in, uh, in, in, the, in verse 4, to, let, to, to wipe them out as a nation that the name of Israel be remembered no more. Those who want to destroy the Jewish people and destroy Israel, it says they conspire not against the Jews, although they do, but they conspire against the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Against the God of Israel. So when you conspire against the Jews, you conspire against the God of the Jews, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Guess what? Our God. Same God. Okay? So you cannot be a Christian in God's will and not love the Jewish people, not love Israel. And um, so at the end of the psalm, there is, there is, as I just read, a place for the enemies of Israel to repent, to come back, and God is not going to destroy them. So, pray for the enemies of Israel to repent and to see the truth. But if they don't, God will destroy them and God will destroy the enemies of Israel. He has done it in the past and He will do it in a few, He will do it again. And then we probably see more of that in the, uh, uh, you know, in the end times and, you know, during the, the tribulation and at the end of the tribulation. Uh, we'll, we'll see a lot of that. So, uh, petition for the safety of Israel and the destruction or repentance of her enemies. Repentance first, destruction second, obviously. Okay? But, um, that, that's one. Another one is pray for the enemies of Israel. Don't just pray for the repentance. Pray for the enemies of Israel. Guess what? The enemies of Israel, we are not too far down the line as far as being their enemies as well. Because those who really hate Israel, also hate Christians in general. And, uh, and, and so, so praying for the enemies of Israel, Matthew 5.44, it's a very, very difficult verse for me to apply to my life. I have to be reminded of it constantly, but it is key. It is key. It's Matthew 5.44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's not easy. We still live in Irvine, and um, uh, for another week, at least. And, uh, you know, my wife and I uh, go regularly, used to go regularly to the Spectrum. That, that outside mall, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It's an outside mall in, uh, in Irvine, the Irvine Spectrum. There's a, we go there, we go see movies. And a few times, we, cut, we came out like, you know, 11.30, midnight after the movies. And we'd have... Um, uh, all the stores would be closed. We'd walk through the, 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 the mall to get back to our car. And what we witnessed was, you know, like Twilight Zone episode almost. We walked through to our car and there was about maybe 400 people scattered from the theater to where our car was as we crossed the entire mall outside. And it was 95% Muslim. All wearing either the burqa or the hijab, the women sitting in a corner, the men talking. We, we walked in the theater. It was like, you know, the hustle and bustle of the mall and all the shops. We came out and we were like in Saudi Arabia. And we really did not know what was going on. I googled it. Uh, should, you know, it, I should respect my son. I should say I searched it on Google. He doesn't, my son doesn't like when I say I Google. You search on Google. You don't Google. Anyway. I, <laughs> he's not here, so I'll say I googled it. I googled it and I couldn't see much of anything. But we saw this many, uh, many times where we would just come out and, and so, and I'm walking there and nothing happened to us. There was no, no, no danger, nothing. But I felt very uneasy 
And it was very easy for me to start judging. And goes, what are they doing here? Who are they? What are they thinking? And, you know, and as a Jew, you know, I was brought up in an environment in France where we just don't like the Arabs and the Muslims because we're Jews and that's just the way it is. Of course, now being a believer, looking at the word and the fact that Jesus died for all the Muslims and all the Arabs just like he died for you and for me. I understand that. But in my fallen nature, in my own nature, which is still part of who I am, it's difficult. So we have to fight that. We have to fight that. But it's so important to remember that verse. Every day, remember, to pray for your enemies. Your enemies might not be Muslim to a Jew or, or Muslim to a Christian. It might just be somebody at work. Your boss, maybe he hates your guts. Maybe he has a reason to. No, just... You know, your boss, your uh, somebody in your family, uh, a neighbor, the fence, you know, like something on the fence and then he doesn't want to fix it or, or the tree going over. You know, pray for your enemies. You know what? We can do that. No other religion, not that we are a religion. You know, we are, you know, our faith is a relationship with the God of the universe. But no other religion in the world tells their followers to pray for their enemies. Especially not Islam, of course, but they don't. It's, that's, it's a concept that's crazy to everybody. Yet for us, it's foundational. We pray for our enemies. And then they see that we pray for them. You tell them, say, I prayed for you today. Well, then don't. Stop. No, I won't. Because God loves you as much as He loves me. I don't know why, but He does. No, no. The last part you don't say. But, you know, pray for your enemies. And then, you know, this will be a, such a powerful witness. Such a powerful witness because we're the only ones who do that, who can do that. So take advantage of that. Get, grab, you know, grasp that concept and just pray for your enemies. It's not easy. Do it out of obedience because at, at the beginning, most of us do it out of obedience and then you're blessed when you do it. Uh, so, <clears throat> petition for the safety of Israel, destruction of rep- repentance of the enemies, pray for the enemies of Israel. Uh, Psalm 122.6, pray for the peace, uh, the peace of Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. I mean, that's, that's one of them, you know. Uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They may prosper who love you. But real peace will not come until the, the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom, comes back. And that is not the Antichrist. That is Yeshua of Nazareth, Jesus the Messiah. And he will come back. Uh, he will come back in the future and brings peace. And uh, what's interesting is that... Uh, um, you know, with what's going on right now uh, in, in the world, the whole world, including many in the church, are turning against Israel. They're not paying attention to the truth. The truth is not, no longer important. The truth is, is not what people are interested in. And so uh, there's a lot going on uh, in the news, on the Internet, and, and, and on blogs, and, and about Israel being the problem in the Middle East. Uh, about Israel uh, mistreating and killing the Palestinians, and uh, don't get me started on that. Um, but but what's going to happen is that um, you know pe- people within and you know within the church and outside the church are trying to ostracize and demonize Israel, and it's working. The world is not checking their facts. They're just like, yeah, you know, that's Israel is the problem, and uh, uh, so. So we see a, a distancing of, 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 you know, the world is dis- distancing itself from Israel and pointing the finger. Uh, and what saddens me is we even see this within the church. We have people that uh, teach that God is done with Jewish people 
and the, the Christians have replaced Israel, but that makes no sense at all. If you read your Bible uh, in, in context, uh, God is not done with Israel. As a matter of fact, God is so not done with Israel that Israel plays a key part in the end days, at the end of the tribulation. A key part. That part is that at the end of the tribulation, all the Jewish people will have been back in the land of Israel. They'll be there, those who have survived the tribulation. And then uh, Jesus said in Matthew, Surely you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch haba b'ashem Adonai in Hebrew. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then when the Jewish people all together in the land will call upon the one whom they have pierced, according to uh, Zechariah 12.10, then Messiah comes back with all of us who are pre-trib. If you're post-trib, maybe you want to put lead shoes, you can be left behind. But uh, if you're like me, pre-trib, we're going to be called into the air. We talked about that in worship too, in our prayer time. We're going to be you know, raptured into the air and then we'll come back at the end of the tribulation uh, just to kind of accompany uh, Yeshua, but he's going to be doing all the work of the final campaign of Armageddon, and all Israel would have called him, and that's when he comes. That's all Israel of Romans 11:26. All Israel will be saved. Isn't that wonderful? I can hear an amen. amen. All Israel will be saved. So guess what? Since all Israel will be saved, you don't need to support us anymore because all the Jews are going to be saved. What am I doing here? Can I go home now? That's not the context. The all Israel that will be saved is the all Israel at the end of the tribulation. Every Jew up to that point, they, 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 they have to, you know, to put their trust in Yeshua like I did 30 years ago in my life, when my wife led me to the Lord 30 years ago. This, this coming July will be 30 years. Praise God. So the, the, the Jewish people still need to hear the gospel. That's why we do what we do. That's why you support us. You know, you, we're an extension of your church now. You support us to go take the gospel to the Jewish people. There's about half a million Jewish people in the region that I'm going to be responsible for. So we're going to be busy. And you're going to be praying for us. After what I've, the guilt trip I've given you about prayer today. If you don't pray, you'd be sinning. So you're going to be praying for us. It's a Jewish thing, the guilt trip, you know. I, we learned this from our mothers early on. So, <clears throat> Jewish people play an important part in the end days. God is not done with the Jews, but Satan, Satan wishes that the Jews would be out of the picture because when they call him whom they have pierced, he returns with us, sets up the end of the campaign of Armageddon, and then we enter the millennial kingdom, and that's the end of Satan's career. And like I've said many times, he doesn't like his retirement plan. So he wants to stop it. So Satan invented this ugly, ugly monster called anti-Semitism. He's the creator of anti-Semitism. And the whole world is buying it. This reminds me that on the back table outside, I have a clipboard to sign up for a blog that I write every week on what's going on in anti-Semitism in the world. You're going to want to put your name and email there if you want news that you would not get anywhere uh, on regular TV or regular radio or you know, put your name there and I'll send you my blog article on a weekly basis. So, uh, just a reminder. Uh, <clears throat> so when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you also pray for the second coming. And when you pray for the second coming, you can't forget to pray for the salvation of the Jewish people. Okay, this is all linked together. Um, uh, as, I, uh, as I close here, I want to uh, um, 
tell you a few things about uh, what God thinks of the Jewish people, just to you know keep that as the last the last verses that we hear this morning uh, out of uh, out of the Old Testament, out of Isaiah, Zechariah, and uh, and Deuteronomy. Um, Isaiah 43:19 through 21. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. That's not the church, I'm sorry. In Isaiah, it's the Jewish people, as it is in the New Covenant. To give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. Originally, you know, uh, God... Uh, chose the Jewish people to praise him and to take his message to the world, uh, to be a light to the nations. We didn't do a very good job. Our sins are uh, recorded all throughout the Bible, the sins of Israel. God will bless us, we'll turn our back on him and do something bad over and over and over. That's the story of the Jewish people. You come a close second, okay? We're all sinners, okay? So don't, you know, I've had to say that because I'm not going to take the blame alone as a Jew. <clears throat> Zechariah 2.8 For thus says the Lord of hosts, after glory, after glory he has sent me against the nations which plunder you, for he, he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. The Jewish people are known as the apple of God's eye. That's how, how, how precious they are to him. Yet, that doesn't mean they're saved. Okay? This is why we do what we do at Chosen People. It doesn't mean the Jewish people are saved. We still have to share the gospel, the same gospel in a Context that's more understandable to Jewish people. You know, uh, yeah, there's a way of doing it. That's why we specialize in doing that. But they're not saved. They still need to uh, to hear the gospel, accept the message, and invite Jesus into their heart. They need to be born again. <clears throat> Remember Nicodemus in uh, uh, John 3? He came to Jesus at night, for one rabbi to another. He said, hey, uh, so I'm a rabbi. I'm a teacher of Israel. I'm, I'm you know, a big guy. I'm important, and I'm Jewish, so I'm in, right? And Jesus goes like, I wish I could say yes, but no. You have to be born again. You have to be born of water and born of the Spirit to get into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, he was the, he was the big guy. He was Jewish, but it didn't get him in just by, being Jew, by virtue of being Jewish. That's important to remember. Yet God has a special place in his heart for the Jewish people, but they still have to go through the death and resurrection of Jesus for their sins, Looks like I did 30 years ago. Finally, Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 8. <clears throat> for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the other peoples of, of the other people. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you, by a, brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So God really cares for the Jewish people. So do I. They are my own people, and so should you, and you do because you support our work. And we're, you know, I can't say thank you enough. When uh, when a church takes on our family and supports our work, uh, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. So I can't say thank you enough. So you you see, <clears throat> God picked the Jewish people, yet the whole world picks on the Jewish people. 
whose side are we on? Of course, you are on the side of God. You've showed that uh, by uh, inviting us, by supporting us, by praying for us. So in closing, just remember to pray for the peace of Israel, pray for the salvation of Israel, and don't forget to pray for the enemies of Israel. Okay? I'm going to close with a word of prayer. I just want you to, briefly before I close, to uh, take a look at this little brochure if you want to pull it out. I, I want to uh, lead you into a very ancient tradition. We're going to do something very Jewish that it, it predates, it even predates the Passover celebration by at least a thousand years. It's called the ceremony of the tearing of the brochure. And what we do <clears throat> is we fold the slip like this a couple of times. And it's one per family, not one per person. And don't tear it yet. Oh, don't, you could lose your salvation. <clears throat> but fold it and hold it like this. And then when you're ready, we're gonna, I'm going to count to three in French, just to, to kind of confuse you. And it will be un, deux, trois, for those of you who don't speak French. When you hear trois, we're going to go, and if we do it well together, it's going to sound like, in unity, it should sound like the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, when it Came into that room. Okay? So, I'm just making it up as I go. Okay. Hope, hoping that it's going to work. Okay. Un, deux, trois. That was unity right there. Praise God. So now, what I want you to do, if you don't already get our prayer letter and our magazine, which you can get for free, uh, please put your name and in, 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 uh, in address here um, with your email uh, and we don't share those. And you're not going to get anybody knocking on your door uh, and, and try to sell you some uh, Jewish Tupperware, you know, like kosherware. That's not going to happen. <laughs> we just keep this to ourselves. This is our way to connect with you. But it's important, especially for us right now as we hit the road and we move to a different state. We want to stay connected. The church will hear news about us, they'll get, they'll get our prayer letter, but I want you to get it at home. I want you to pray for us, specifically as we develop the ministry in the region, as we lead people to the Lord, you'll get the news, you'll be able to pray for people. Uh, uh, remember when you get the prayer letter, and if I say, would you please pray for this, just put it down and pray right away, because if you don't, it's a sin, remember? So, but please, fill this out, and give it back to either Ellen or me, at the table in the back, or at some point before you leave today, uh, if you don't do it today, you can still send them in the mail on the, 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 the address that it's on the back here. There's also a place here if you want to make a gift for us to help us with our move. You can do that too with a credit card, check or cash. Uh, but at least give us your name and address so we can send you a prayer letter and we can stay connected beyond today. Thank you very much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this body of believers who have... Uh, uh, decided to support our ministry and support our family um, into this next chapter, uh, moving through the Northwest. Lord, we're excited about what you're going to be doing with the, with the ministry. We don't have all the details. You do. Uh, and we know it's going to be a great adventure. And we are so honored and so grateful to be partnering with this church. So I pray an, a very special blessing over uh, the brothers and sisters here, uh, according to, Rome, uh, to uh, Genesis 12.3, that they would be blessed because they bless the Jewish people. They do it because we take the gospel, the gift that never stops giving. So 
here's the connection, Lord, and you know that this is, I know this is a blessing to you. So as you're blessed, they're blessed, we're blessed, everybody's blessed. It's a win-win situation, and we love you for making the connection. And we love you for what your son did for us. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. And here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. That's www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. Have a great day in the Lord, and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.